What are you looking for most in life? Have you found it yet? Well, I hope you'll stick with us through this video as we try to figure out how we can all find the meaning and purpose of our life through partnership with the God who made us. That may sound like an easy answer or confusing one, but I hope that it might just make you a little curious. Because here at Community Christian Anywhere, we want to help spiritually curious people find their way into a full and exciting life that Jesus offers. Hi, my name's Tatiana and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. Welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. We're an online community of people who believe that even though life can be difficult, complicated, and tiring, we have found a life that is easy, light, and full of rest in Jesus Christ. And let me be clear, the life Jesus offers isn't simply membership to a religion or a personal philosophy of life, but He invites us into a community where we can all be transformed into people who live in love just as Jesus did by forming our lives around Jesus' central command to love everyone always. One way we can do that this week is by supporting a great organization that is doing something about the problem of poverty in our world. Every day, the Salvation Army tries to meet people's needs in a variety of ways, and one way they do that is by clothing donations. On Sunday, November 22nd, we will be collecting clothing to donate to our local Salvation Army in Cowia County. If you are able to drive to our church offices, please bring nice and gently used clothing in a bag or a box to our church office on Sunday, November 22nd. If you don't live local to Coweta County, please join us by donating nice and gently used clothing at your local Salvation Army. In this age of social distancing, this is a great opportunity for us to join together to do something to love others as Jesus has loved us. Because no matter who you are or even what you believe about God, we want you to be a part of this Jesus community to love everyone always. And throughout this video, we hope you might discover that this is a community you want to be a part of. And most importantly, we hope to experience that God loves you and cares about your life. Because no matter what you think about God, we believe He can't stop thinking about you. We believe He's for you and He only has good things for your life. And so no matter where you're watching this from, on your lunch break, at the gym, hopefully not the locker room, we believe that God is present with you right now. And if you can stay open to that, I believe He wants to make Himself real to you. If at any point during this video you have any questions, maybe you feel God is speaking to you and you want to speak to someone about that, there will be a number on the screen the whole time. You can text that number at any point and our speaker for the day will respond as soon as they can. But if you're watching this in one of our live streams, we would love for you to engage with our community right there. Because even though right now, this is just a video you're watching, we hope that your interaction with us moves from just being content that you consume to a community that you are connected to. And we'd love to help you take a step into community today. And so we want to offer you a $10 DoorDash gift card just for starting a conversation with us. If you're watching in one of our Facebook live streams, simply direct message our page or comment in the chat the words, I'm hungry. Or if you're watching on YouTube or not during one of our live streams, simply text the number on the screen with the words, I'm hungry. And if it's the first time you've communicated with us, we'll send you a free $10 DoorDash gift card. We are taking this serious 
because we want you to take the next steps into our community. And you can trust us because we do not joke about food. And if you're with us all the time, you can also play along and just comment in our chat what food you're craving right now and join in the discussion with others. It's a great way for this experience to move from just being content you consume to being a community you're committed to. So take a moment to do that. And while you do, let's get into our main idea for the day. This has been the weirdest year of my life. So many things are different. I think it'd probably be easier to list out all the things that are the same this November than they were as they were last November than it would be to list everything that's different. And some of the things have been incredibly difficult to deal with. Some of us may have been even required to grieve. Others, the changes that are way for the better. But all of us are in this weird place of wondering, what's next? What are we gonna do? I mean, as a country, as a world, and people also want to know, what are we as a church going to do? Are, are we open? When do we open? When do things go back to normal? Can you tell us, Pastor, when are things going back to normal? For many of us, th that's your number one concern for the church right now. When are things going to go back to normal? And maybe you assume that's my biggest concern too. But as senior pastor at Community Christian Church, that is not my biggest concern for our church. My biggest concern for our church isn't about when we're gonna start doing things like we used to do them. It's not about the money or any of that. My biggest concern in this era of hostility and outrage where everything's a fight and everything's changing, it's been this. My biggest concern is that we would drift from being a church that was for people who don't like church. Now, you may not know this about Community Christian, but when we started 30 years ago, this coming March, our dream was to be a church for people who didn't like church. Not because we didn't like church, I mean, we were church people. But we knew there were many people who were interested in God, the life that Jesus offered, but for them, church was, the way it was done, it was just too big a hurdle for them to overcome. And so for 30 years, uh, 30 years ago, a team of people worked together to create a church for people who didn't like church. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're watching this today and you're thinking, yeah, I don't like church. I'm not even sure why I'm watching this. Well, I just want to say, you are welcome here. And I hope you'll keep engaging with us at Community Christian Anywhere. But I hope your engagement won't just be watching videos. I hope you'll reach out and you'll let us know you're here because we don't want this just to be content you consume. We want you to be a part of a community here. My name's Ed, and you can text me at any time on the number you've seen on the screen. Let me know if you have any questions or maybe you want to tell me a story or you can even let me know why you, you, can, you don't like church. I promise you, you won't be the first person to do that. Because for 30 years, I've been talking with people who don't like church, but there's something about community Christian that keeps them coming back. And, and I hope you find that here because I believe what's drawing you is a God who loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And at Community Christian Anywhere, we want to be a church where people who don't like church can meet the God who loves them. But here's my concern. See, I know that the pull in churches, I think because there's a spiritual enemy at work, the pull in churches is to become a church for the people who go to that church. And it's true of every church. No matter how they start, no matter what their stated purpose is, if you just sit around and talk to most church people, their primary concern is how can we do a better job of serving us? How do we like the service to be? 
how should check-in be done for my kids? What kind of music do I like? Here's how I want the chairs to be set up. Uh, I visited the church down the road and they do it like that. And I really like that. So I've learned over time that every once in a while, and maybe especially this year when everything's a little out of whack, it's important to do this, but every so often I need for us to talk about what are we doing? So that's what I wanna to talk to you about today. I wanna to try to answer that question. And just so I'm not misunderstood, I've already given you the first part of the answer. What are we doing? We're doing what we've always done. We're continuing to be a church for people who don't like church, but the answer's bigger than that, than just what are we doing? And I'm gonna get there. But first I wanna show you something that the Bible is in the Bible that's said by one of the first followers of Jesus. He's a man named Paul and in our day, he's probably the best known of the first followers of Jesus. And really no one, even the most skeptical person about the Bible or Christianity, doubts that this guy is exactly who I just said he was. Paul is an established historical figure. But what most people don't know is that though he became famous for following Jesus, that's not where he started. I mean, he started out hating people who followed Jesus. So if you aren't a church person, you and Paul have something in common, except your hate for Christians is like, I don't want one to be my neighbor. Paul, he thought all Christians should be arrested and executed. So think Islamic jihadist, but Jesus invites him and Paul follows Jesus and his life changes. And he goes on a mission to do what Jesus asked him to do, which was to take Christianity to people who weren't Christians. And, and I read this, statement. In fact, I want to read this statement to you that he wrote to some people that were supposed to be helping him. But they got caught up in church culture, and it's like he's answering the, them or asking him, uh, Paul, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Here's what he wrote. For Christ's love compels us. Not God's judgment. Not the fear of hell. Not, hey, the world's coming to an end. Not fear of anything. He says, Christ love compels us. Now, most of you know the English language didn't exist when Paul was writing, so the word there has been translated from the original Greek. And when you look at it in Greek, they, like us, had a word that meant more than one thing. So when you translate it from the original language to your language, you don't just get to pick the meaning you like. You're supposed to look for what the how the authors use that word in other places, and you look at how it's normally used in their culture. But it turns out, Paul used it a bunch of different ways. So this word compels, it carries with it the idea of guides, that Christ's love guides us, that it guards us. It sort of serves like guardrails for our life, but it also unifies us. The love of Christ is what Christians rally around. And I'll just tell you, in fact, in my lifetime, it's the only thing every Christian in the whole world rallies around. Not the way we do baptism, not the way we do communion, not the way we meet, not the songs we sing, certainly not the way we vote. The thing that unifies all Christians all over the world is the fact that Christ's love was demonstrated to us at the cross. That's the thing that focuses us. Now, before I go on, that's what I want us to do. I want us to take a breath and do that. I want us to spend a moment or two focusing on Christ's love for us. And if you aren't sure that's true today, would, would you just take a moment and you, would you focus with us anyway? 
And even if you can't believe it's true, isn't there something in you that hopes it's true or you want it to be true? Maybe take this time and ask God to show you that it is true. We believe if you'll move toward him, he will come more than one step toward you. And if there's some question, some experience that's keeping you from believing this and you're willing, I'd love to talk to you about that. So text me, I'll respond as soon as I can. For those of us who know this is true, this is what focuses our resources, our attention, our time, our effort, the love of Christ, our love for him, his love for us, it compels us.
So here's what we're doing. We're saying to the world, God loves you. He's for you. And when Jesus came into the world, what we know is it was good news for all people. And anyone who resists Christianity, and I was one of those who did, it's because they haven't had it made clear to them that Jesus was bringing good news. Because I've never met anybody in my life that ever resisted good news. And that whatever a person is resisting about Christianity, it's some malformed picture of Christianity. Because Christianity is about Jesus and he brought good news. That God loves us. That he sent his son into the world for us. And before God ever asks anything from you, before God ever requires anything from you, he wants you to know he wants something for you. I'm telling you, for 30 years of Community Christian, we've always wanted to be have that front and center. If you don't get anything else, if you don't like the way I talk, you don't like the music, you, you don't like any of this, what I hope you walk away from this saying is, and I didn't like that church. Well, one thing I know for sure, they believe that God loves me and that that love was demonstrated through what Jesus did for me. And in case you don't know, Paul quickly reminds us what Jesus did. He says, for Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one, that'd be Jesus, died for all, therefore all died. It's just a fancy way of saying that we were all separated from God. And the truth is, most of us have felt that at times in our life. And for a long time in my life, I felt like life was all about me and that if it was gonna get done, it was on me and that I was alone. And in my really dark moments when I wasn't getting it done, I wasn't getting where I wanted, I felt separated and alone. And that's what I mostly felt. We're separated, like we're dead. But in a way that I can't fully explain to you, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he took away from God's point of view, everything that separates us from God. Anything that we had done to cause separation, Jesus with his death on the cross. And again, I can't tell you how it did it. But his death from God's side, the barrier was gone. We can now be reconciled. And then Paul gives us the implication of this for it in our lives. This is the, so what are you doing part? He says, for all of those who live, for all of those who live, those of us who put our faith in Christ, we should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. He says that when a person realizes what Christ has done, what God has done, he says then I, they can no longer live for themselves. Their return to God is to say, God, I'm so incredibly grateful you made the first move. You made sure there was no barrier from your side for me to be with you. I mean, I, I can't just take that and run with it. I offer you my life. Not because I'm afraid of what you'll do if I don't. Not because I'm afraid you won't bless me in my life. Not because I'm afraid of anything. I offer you my life because of what you've already done. Your love for me, it compels me. He goes on and he, he gets to our part of the whole thing. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, you know what it means to be reconciled. It means to take two things or two people and they aren't really compatible and you take them and you make them compatible. You bring two things that aren't in agreement and you bring them into agreement. And what Paul says is that on our own, we were separated and you felt that. You might say, I'm separated from the universe. I'm separated 
I, I feel separated myself. You might, I would say I'm separated from God. And on our own, on my own, we can't remove that separation. And God knew that. And through Jesus' death, in a way we can't fully explain, God removed from his side all that kept us separated. He knew we couldn't do it, so he removed it. We had irreconcilable differences. I was a human who did wrong things, and God was perfect and holy. It was like I was paper and God was fire. And through Jesus coming as a human being and dying, God made a way for us to be reconciled. That's the good news. God wants to be reconciled with you, and he made the first move. He accommodated himself to our issue so that we could be reconciled to God. And then he gave us the ministry. And I hate that this word's translated that way because when you hear that, you think pastor, you think pope, you think professional re religious person. But all the word really means is task. He gave us the task. He gave us the responsibility of reconciliation. He says, just as you've been reconciled now, you get to help other people understand they can be reconciled as well. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, point of Christianity is not, hey, clean your act up. It's not, hey, be a better person. It's this, you were made by God for relationship with God but we spend so much of our life doing it alone, separated from God by our own actions. But God has made a way for you to be reconciled to Him. And I urge you, be reconciled to God. Because the only thing keeping you from being reconciled to God, it's not God. It's your willingness to accept the fact that through what Jesus did, the path has been cleared. He's done something for us because He wants even more for us. Now I know uh, some of that was complicated, but here's what we are doing. It's what we've been doing for 30 years and what we need to get on doing even in the midst of the chaos that is our current world. Here it is. The love of Christ compels us. Those of us who follow Jesus, we're compelled to urge people, hey, be reconciled to God. That's what we do. That's why we do what we do. And we're trying to make sure that's the thing in the front and center of everything else we do. So since back in March when everything changed and some of the things we're doing, some of you like, I hear you. And some of the things we're doing, you don't like, I hear you. But I want, what I wanted to do today was to remind you, the world may have changed. Our methods at Community Christian have changed. I mean, we're doing different things than we used to do. But what we're doing, it has not changed. And because I love you, I don't want you to get sidetracked by what's happening. I wanted you to hear what we're called to do and then for you to look yourself in the eye and say, hey, what am I doing? How are you doing what you as a follower of Christ have been called to do? And that's the big shift. Not just what are we doing, but what are you doing? in the environments where God's placed you to carry this message. Before I finish, I wanna try and help you think through some practical ways where you are in your life in these new circumstances. But before I do that, I want you to have a moment to reflect. Again, a moment to reconnect with the love of 
Christ again, the love that compels you. And to do that, I want us to take communion together and then I'll come back. But I'm gonna turn it back to our host to lead us in that. Now we're going to move into the time in our service where we remember the death of Jesus on the cross that reconciled us to God. We do this by receiving elements of bread and juice to remember the body and blood of Jesus given for us. So if you plan on taking communion today, would you go ahead and get whatever elements you have nearby, maybe a piece of bread or cracker to represent the body of Jesus given to you, or a cup of juice or even water to represent His blood. And if you're not sure you believe all we do, this time of communion may be a great chance for you to reflect on all you've heard today. Is it possible that God's love for you is so great and powerful that He would become human in order to die for you to be reconciled to Him? Maybe use this time to reach out to us by texting the number you see on screen to talk about whatever questions you might have. Or use this time to reach out to God in prayer, asking Him if He's real, He'd make Himself real to you. I believe He wants to do that. But as we celebrate the reconciliation Jesus offered us on the cross, be reminded of what this means for your life and the lives of those you know. If you're a follower of Jesus, this means that He is not just your Savior or Reconciler, but He is also your Lord. He's the leader of your lives and the one in control of everything in this life. With all the changes in our world, it can be easy to be overcome with fear and uncertainty, but the death and resurrection of Jesus reminds us that He is Lord over all, including sickness and death. Nothing is impossible for Him. Who in your life needs to hear that message of hope? Maybe today you need to be reminded of that. So we're going to sing a song that reminds us that Jesus is Lord, so we do not have to fear and we can follow Him boldly, knowing that He is going ahead of us and working for our good and the good of all people. So as we sing this song, receive the elements of communion and praise God for His great love shown to us in Jesus.
I think this year will be one of those years where most of us will remember it. I mean, don't you think? Most of us have never experienced the massive kind of shutdowns we've experienced in so many areas of life. But I honestly don't think that's what I'll remember most. What I think I'll remember is that 2020 was the year of revealing what was in place and it sped up the change that already needed to happen. I could talk about this in terms political things that were revealed, racial things, and economic divisions. They were already in place before the shutdown. The shutdown didn't create them, but it surely revealed them clearly. And it sped up the change that was already needed. Same's happened in the church as a whole. But let me talk to you about Community Christian. Even though over the course of 30 years, we've changed many methods, and some of you have been here a long time, and you could talk about all the changes you've seen, what this has revealed is that we've always really focused on one primary way of the ministry of reconciliation, 
And that was the focus on the church collectively. Our primary focus was on what we did together. We'd encourage you to go into places you worked, in the places you played, in your school, in your neighborhood, and love people and meet them, and then to invite them to come and see. And then we would do a great job at telling them about Jesus. And we collectively, as the body of Christ, would let them know that we're for you. And the reason we love you and that we're for you is because God is for you. We do these big projects together to make a difference in poverty, to serve in different places together in our county and in our world. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we're still gonna do those things. But the truth being told, the emphasis was a slight degree or two off and it needed to be fixed. And this shutdown has revealed it. What was off was not that we shouldn't do things together or not that you shouldn't invite people to join you in these gatherings online or in person, but the emphasis that was wrong was that that was our primary method. We'd taken all of our efforts and put it into this one category called Sunday. And when Sunday got shut down, it appeared to most people like the church had been shut down. But what became clear is that it had not. Because the ministry of reconciliation was given to every follower of Jesus in their world. And this pandemic created easy ways for us to offer people hope if we were just looking for them. In fact, in my lifetime, I don't remember a time when almost everybody was willing to talk about, why do you think this has happened? What do I do? Because I don't know who to trust anymore. How is it that you don't seem all that worried? Or as a neighbor said to me, I, I, I don't get it. it. It's clear you know what's happening in, us, in the world. You're aware of the problems. You seem to be engaged with the problems and you want to see things get better. Well, you don't seem all that troubled or worried anyway. How do you do that? Well, you and I know that the answer to that is not something in me. It's someone in me, but it's not just me. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's in you too. But unless we're seeing the moment that the question is asked as our opportunity to live out our purpose of the ministry of reconciliation, we'll miss it. And we'll give some answer about peace and love and instead of pointing clarity to Jesus and what he's doing in us and you in your current life right now. So I wanna challenge you every one of us who are followers of Jesus to, to do a couple of things. One, begin to pray. God, would you show me how I can join you in the work of reconciliation? I mean, you're already doing it all around me. Over the last year, six years of being in discipleship with different men, we've been taught this principle and I've, I've watched them say, you know, everybody I know is already a follower of Jesus. But then they genuinely accept the challenge and they begin to pray something like I just gave you. And the results, they're always the same. I'll hear a guy say, you don't believe it, but this guy I've worked with for years just out of the blue brought up God to me or the Bible to me, or he brought up Jesus to me. And it turns out he doesn't already follow Jesus. Every time I've seen people genuinely start with prayer and then they look for what God might be doing, they found out that the whole saying is true. When I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't pray, they don't happen. So would you begin to pray? Maybe while you're on a walk. I mean, pray for your neighbors, pray for your neighborhood. 
I've been recently at our in-person services, standing out at the road in front of the building, greeting people coming in. And I pray for every car that goes by, asking God, would you bless those people? I know you're trying to draw them. And if you want to use me or us in some way, would you do that? I'm expecting something to happen. So would you pray? And then would you ask? Second, would you begin to look for where God might want you to be involved in your world to reconcile something that's broken to him? Here's what I mean. Recently, a group of folks in our church who love gaming, they started a Twitch group. If you don't know what that is, it's an online gaming community. And maybe this won't make sense to you if you don't know that community, but they play games online together. And while they're playing games, this group decided, hey, we're gonna do Bible study. They're trying to impact the gaming community. There's another lady in our church that's getting involved in rescuing people from sex trafficking. We have people involved in reconciling those caught in addiction and not just helping them break free from the addiction, but as a way to help them take their next step toward Jesus. What might that be for you? Here's what I wanna to say to you. What we do collectively is we wanna help you do that in your world. So it doesn't really matter whether you're in California or you're in Delaware or you're in Illinois or you're here in Georgia. We wanna support, equip, and help you do what you can do to fulfill your purpose of reconciling people that God's called you to reach. But it starts with you and then you reach out to us. And you can tell us about your idea by texting it at the number on the screen. Finally, I wanna say something about our collective efforts. There are things that are gonna change for this season, and I can't tell you what they will look like too far in the future. One many of you know is that in the past, at this time of year, we've done a large Thanksgiving gathering for our community to help those in poverty experience the love of God at this season. We're not gonna be doing that this year in the way we have in the past. But in just a couple of weeks, don't miss it in two weeks, we do wanna challenge you with a different way of doing Thanksgiving this year. I don't have the time to go into that today, but two weeks from now, you'll hear more about it. Also at this time of year, we normally do something big. We call do something. It's our effort with poverty in our area. Christmas in Coweta has been a part of that. And though that'll be changed this year, we're still going forward with Christmas in Coweta. And very soon you'll hear about how that's gonna happen. I just wanted you to have those two updates before I'm done. So before I finish, I want you to really ask yourself, and what are you doing? You now know the core of Community Christian for our whole history. This is what we collectively have been trying to do. And then I wanted you to see the reason that that was true is because it's the core of what followers of Jesus are called to do. Our goal is not to just personally get to do life with Jesus and simply personally get to be with him forever and to hell with everybody else. Following Jesus at its core means you and I personally have been given the mission of reconciling people and places and systems in this world to him. An old theologian named Abraham Kuyper said, there's not one inch of God's creation that Jesus does not look at and say, that's mine. And the way he reconciles those areas to himself is through us being his agents of reconciliation. See, this is the purpose of your life that you've been looking for. I mean, I know some of you don't like your job. I know this year isn't what you planned, but none of that matters because this that we've talked about is why you were created. See, ultimately, 
What I'm asking you to do is to see yourself as a reconciler in disguise. You're not a student, you're a reconciler in that school. You're not a coworker, you're a reconciler that God has strategically placed in that workplace. You're not just a gamer or a soccer mom or a neighbor or a friend or a customer. Everywhere you go, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So pray about it. Be on the lookout for where God's at work and join him in reconciling the broken things, the broken systems, the broken people in our world back to our loving Heavenly Father. It's not just our responsibility as the church, it's your responsibility as a follower of Christ. If you have questions about your next step, and you wanna tell me where God is using you, we wanna know, so text us because our responsibility is to resource, equip, and support you in those efforts. And together, that is what we are doing. So what do you want most out of life? I think most of us are looking for purpose and meaning. We want to make a difference with our lives. I and so many people here at Community Christian Anywhere have found that in Jesus Christ and His church. I hope you will find that as well. And we'd love to help you do that because as we've said throughout this experience, we want your interaction with us to be more than just the content you consume, but a community that you can be committed to. We don't believe that one video you watch is going to change your life, but if you can get involved with a community of people to walk this out in your life with, it will change everything. So you can always text the number on the screen to talk with our speaker for today. But we'd also love for you to take a moment and go to our website, cccanywhere.com to find out how you can get more connected with us here. There are a lot of resources on the website, including some specifically designed for your children and ways for you to support our church financially. Not because we need your money, but because a part of loving and following Jesus is supporting the body of Christ his church. And one way we can do that is by giving a little of what God has given to us back to Him. There's a way for you to do that on cccanywhere.com. But the best way to get involved with our community is by clicking on the card at cccanywhere.com that says join our Facebook group. That link will take you straight to our Community Christian Anywhere group where if you click the join group button, you'll take one easy step towards getting more involved with our community where we can connect with one another throughout this week. I hope to see you there because I hope this isn't the end of your interaction with us today. If you're watching in one of our live streams, we're going to leave our chat section open for about five more minutes. And we'd love to have you continue to connect with us there. In fact, we're going to put up some discussion questions based on today's video that we hope you'll answer right there with us. And if you're watching this on demand, Please take a moment to text the speaker for the day through the number on the screen or message us on Facebook Messenger your answers to these questions or to let us know what was meaningful to you and maybe how we can better get you connected with our community here. Because you want to make a difference and we want to help you, we want you to be part of what Jesus is doing through our church no matter who you are. Because no matter what you think about God, we believe He can't stop thinking about you. We hope to hear from you soon.